Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. Welcome back, my friends. We made it through Thanksgiving. What, what? Can you believe it? I am so curious how everybody's Thanksgiving experience was this year. I'm so curious. You know what? I think I'm going to post in the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group a a question about this because I just want to know how it was. And I'm super curious. If you listened to episode 27 of the CC podcast, if you were able to employ any of those techniques that we talked about in that episode, or if it impacted you enough to change the trajectory of your Thanksgiving. So if you're not in the Captivatingly Confident podcast group, that's not right. If you're not in the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group, head over there and get in. That is where you want to be. KimLudeman.com will get you there and join the conversation. I really am curious to hear. Our Thanksgiving was pretty chill. We had the in-laws over and we had delicious food and hung out and that was about it. Super chill. Uh, Tim and I got to go to the gym in the morning and do a sweet workout, which was awesome. And yeah, super chill. And I loved having it at my house. It felt like, ah, it was just nice. It was different than what we usually do, which is great. And Lewis had a great time. He ate a piece of bread and that was about it. <laughs> what is it with kids and turkey? It's like he sees turkey and he's like, ooh. Well, he does that with most foods. I have an extremely picky eater on my hands. Extremely picky. So if you have suggestions for me, uh, I love it. I will take your suggestions. I am no parenting expert, and that is for sure. So I want to dive into what we're going to talk about today. And we are going to talk about the fear of making changes and how to get past the fear so you can get into the flow and what that looks like and what holds us back. So per Kim's style, we're just going to dive right in. Again, I like to keep our episodes short so that you can listen to these while you do dishes or laundry or driving so that it's something that fits into your life and not something that you have to like carve out space for. You know what I mean? So here it is. The five fears that we come up against when it comes to making changes. And I'm talking changes like body composition changes, habit changes, changes to our mindset, changes financially, changes in the family. This incorporates all the changes into these five fears that we have. So the first one is a fear of failure, right? And failure is just basically summed up as not feeling successful. When you try something and you don't feel successful at it, you feel like a failure. Or you feel like that just wasn't for me. Or man, I really let people down. 
And I think that the problem here is that we don't have a clear definition of what failure means to us and a clear definition of what success looks like, right? It's ambiguous. It's like, I'm going to try this diet and I have this poundage number in mind. And when I hit that, then I'll feel successful. And maybe you don't ever hit it. And that could be because it's not clearly defined. It may not be achievable for you. It might be too too far out there. And so you need some help reining it in so that you can make a smaller goal and feel successful. Because it's feeling successful over and over and over again that builds up your confidence. That's a key factor in confidence is successes, wins celebratory moments. And I think we think that these need to be huge, right? Like I hit this number in my business or I lost this many pounds or I did this big thing. And it's really not. It's not about overhaul. It's about the small things that you can do every day. The little successes that you can start to build up on. I liken it to having a little piggy bank right? Lewis has a little elephant that somebody made for us and he gets to put his his coins in there. And soon he's going to have a lot of money in there and he's going to be able to go get something he really wants. That is how this works. So every time you have a success, you put it in your little piggy bank and soon you've got a piggy bank full. And that is where the confidence comes from because it's that repeated success rate that builds you up. And sometimes you're not going to feel successful and you're going to have to take some of the money out. And that's okay because it doesn't bankrupt you. It doesn't leave you on the floor feeling like, gosh, I can't do it. I can't make changes. I am a failure. And it moves you from that place of feeling guilty and shameful and having failure be a part of your identity. And it moves you over to feeling confident by celebrating the small wins. And these can be wins like maybe you set goals for yourself, small goals. So for example, self-care. This is a huge one for us as women. We have really different ideas about what self-care looks like. But maybe for you, it is not checking your phone first thing in the morning. That's one of mine and I I am not doing well on it. It's an addiction that I have. First thing I do is reach for my phone. And I'm trying really hard to break that. And so for me, that when I do that each morning, it is a success. It is a win for me. That's huge. Maybe for you, it's not eating after dinner. Maybe you have a real snack addiction and you eat late at night. And maybe for you, a win is not eating after dinner one night. There's there's small things, right? Like maybe it's getting eight hours of sleep instead of seven. So you go to bed a little bit earlier. That's a win. That doesn't mean you have to overhaul your sleep life. That doesn't mean you have to overhaul self-care. But it's these little tweaks that we make. So for you, it's got to be defining what success looks like. What do you want from your life? And this is a big question because it's got all crazy facets, right? What do you want 
for your life with your family, in your work, in your passions, in your faith, in your physical self? What do you want? And why do you want it? Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of, sort of? Okay, we're moving on it. So failure, moving from feeling like you're gonna fail to understanding what failure really looks like and what steps you can take to start to fill up that confidence piggy bank. Small steps, little stuff, guys, little stuff. It is not the overhaul. It is in the small details of your life that will build up that bank. Number two is the fear of feelings. (laughs) Sorry, this makes me laugh because it's like, this is the, the key here. The fear of feelings. We don't do feelings. Ladies don't do feelings. A lot of us are, we're busy. We got stuff to do and getting lost in the feelings feels really scary. It's terrifying. Like for me, especially this time of year, I have a major feel of fear of feelings. Huge. Because the holidays bring up my loss of my mom and my family and our traditions and everything that used to be. I mean, Christmas around my house when I was growing up was like the best thing in the world, you guys. Holy cow. We had little Smokies on Christmas Eve. Have you ever had little Smokies? And the barbecue saw, oh, heavens. We opened presents and did stockings and there was family and it was comfortable and known and safe. And I lost all of that. Lost it all. And, you know, slowly I've been recreating some of those traditions with my family, with my boys, and bringing that back. But it's a lot of feelings. And if I sit there and if I let those feelings have a place, have a moment, it's hard. And I think for a lot of us that haven't had practice with feeling feelings, it's scary. And we'll go to great lengths to avoid them. And that can look like busyness. That can look like shopping, overeating, eating out of distraction. It can look like scrolling Facebook for long periods of time, checking Instagram, just anything to avoid feeling feelings because they can be really scary because it feels like those feelings are going to swallow you whole. And if you venture down that path toward the feelings, you might never come back. And it's not true, friends. So when we feel feelings, often it causes a physical reaction in our bodies. So the first step is to identify the feeling that you're having in your physical body. So whether it's like you're tightening your shoulders or you've got a a knot in your stomach or your heart is pounding or maybe you're having a hard time getting the breath, identifying that physical sensation so that you can breathe into it and allow the feelings that come along with the physical sensation, to have a space. Just a few minutes, usually that apex that we feel, where we feel like that rush of the feeling, it doesn't last forever. Feels like it's going to, but it doesn't. It's like a minute to five minutes. You're going to have the intense physical sensation and that tightening and squeezing and hard to breathe. And then it passes. Then you come down the other side And you're like, okay, all right, I don't feel as bad. I don't feel as wrecked. I don't feel as depleted. 
that was okay for me to feel that way. And this is something that takes a lot, a lot of practice and a lot of awareness, but this is what gets us into that flow, right? This is where it starts. It starts with awareness and being aware of the feelings that you're feeling is huge. It's critical. It's the first step moving from unawareness to awareness. And that is recognizing the feelings that you're having. So some ways that you can practice this are by doing undistracted eating, which is where you sit down and you have a meal without any distractions. No phone, no TV, computer, books, magazines, anything. It's just you and your food. (laughs) That'll help you get aware real quick. It's one of the exercises that I use in my Captivatingly Confident small group. That's the first one we start with is this exercise. We go into more detail, but that's the premise is that by removing distraction, you are left with your feelings. And it's around food specifically, I find that a lot of stuff comes up. But allowing yourself to remove busyness, remove distractions and let feelings be there, super intimidating. And this is also where limiting beliefs come in. So your limiting beliefs are what you believe about yourself and your ability to make changes in your life. And feelings are directly correlated with those. Because if you, somewhere along the line, you were told something about yourself and that dictates how you feel. Maybe somebody called you fat. And so you feel like that is your, that's true about you. And you're stuck there. You've tried other things, right? You've tried diets before. You felt like a failure. And so you're stuck. And we're going to get more into this too when we talk about the next step. But allowing feelings to be present and to take up some space is risky. But friends, this is the key. We could talk about this for an entire podcast, but I want to get to the other three that we have. So the first one, again, was feel fear of failure and fear of feelings. The third one is fear of losing the familiar. Fear of losing the familiar. So we crave familiarity. We are creatures of comfort. We want things to be secure, to be known, right? We want things to be something that we can resonate with and identify with, something that's safe to us. But the problem is that in wanting to keep things status quo, we lose out. We lose out because we want to stay stuck. And this is a hard one because it's like, well, I don't want to stay stuck. I want to I want to change, but I think this is a fear that holds us back. We say we want things to be different and we want to have things be changed, but we get stuck in the familiar. We get stuck with what we know. And to break out of that is scary because, again, you're risking what you know. You're risking your safety zone. And to step outside that is a risk. And if you're not a natural risk taker, then this feels terrifying. It feels like you are (laughs) risking everything, but you're not. Again, we're taking small steps. We're raising that awareness of what you need, what you want, what you feel, We're putting you front and center. And sometimes even that can feel conflicting. And we'll talk about that when we get to 
to number five, but the familiar, wanting to stay where we are. And a lot of times we create the familiarity as a part of our identity. And it's like, I can't imagine things being any different. I want them to be different, but I cannot imagine what that would look like. Would I lose my security? Would I lose what I know? And that's a that's a hard thing to grapple with because as you change and you grow and you get in the flow, you get a new normal and you your familiar does change. And that's scary. The fourth one is fear of things being foreign. And this kind of piggybacks off of familiarity. So this idea of doing something new, something that's risky, like undistracted eating or doing small steps of self-care and feeling successful, oftentimes that feels foreign. And when you're trying to do something new, it's hard to do it. Am I right? And so we would rather stay in that safe place, that known place, because the foreign seems so foreign. And it's like, well, you know, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. You know, I hope to do this. I'll try to do this. And we use language like that, wish, hope, try, to stay stuck in the familiar and not venture into the foreign. And so my question to you is, how much time do you spend thinking or saying, I wish, I hope, I try, maybe? These are all words that, oh my gracious, I'm not even sure if you just heard my stomach growl, but it was really loud. But these are language that keeps us stuck because of the foreign, the unknown out there. And the question comes down to, what are you gaining by keeping yourself stuck? What are you winning at? What are you gaining? And how much time are you spending wishing things were different (laughs) instead of actually taking steps to make things different? And the fifth one is faith. And this is a big one. We all have systems of faith. You have faith in something, whether it's faith in God or faith in people or faith in yourself. We have faith. And that role that faith plays is huge. It's critical. For me, my faith that I had made a part of my identity held me back so incredibly much. I was not able to give compassion like I wanted to. I was not able to open my mind up to other systems of belief. I wasn't able to ask hard questions. And in the last year, I've been in a mode of deconstructing my faith and rebuilding and trying to figure out what do I even believe? What do I believe about God? What do I believe about the universe? What do I believe about people? What do I believe about myself? And it's been this process of discovery that has changed my life, changed it. And maybe for you, it's time to deconstruct some faith ideas about other people, about God, about the universe, about yourself. Or maybe it's time to dig deeper into what you do believe in, to anchor yourself, to be rooted and established in a system of faith. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a faith, a system of faith. This is different than a religion. Religion is 
created by a group of people that has rules and it has structure and it has a a narrow view and it's exclusive. And your system of faith should be inclusive. It should be not bound by rules, but bound by personal freedom to experience love, to experience joy, to experience hope. This is what faith does for us. And so for you, what does that faith look like? Because if you're not rooted and established in a faith system, you have nothing to fall back on, right? Like I fall back on all the time that people are just doing the best that they can. I believe this with my whole heart. Because to view people any other way leaves me open to judgment and criticism. And I don't want to judge or criticize anybody. You do you, boo. That is my faith. Like, you do you. And I am going to be me. Because that is who I've been created to be. Is myself. And if you are feeling like, Kim, I don't even know myself. I don't even know what I want. A really good place to start is understanding your personality. I love personality tests because I feel like they give you such insight into who you are and why you do the things that you do and why you get stuck. My favorite one is the Enneagram. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Enneagram. You can find free tests online. You can also grab a couple. There's like 50 different books on the Enneagram. But essentially, there's nine types, and you fall into one specific type with like tendencies toward a couple of others. It's incredible. Mind blown. Enneagram. Check it out. You can also look into the Myers-Briggs. It'll give you four different types that you are and kind of provides a holistic look. It's a little bit harder to understand, in my opinion, than the Enneagram. So I would start there. And if you want more resources for personality tests, just send me a PM. I would totally love to hook you up with some of my other favorites. So these are the fears that hold us back. Let's recap. We have the fear of failure, the fear of feeling all the feels or feelings, the fear of losing the familiar, fear of the foreign, and fear of faith or faith holding us back. Or not understanding what faith role, what role faith plays in our life. So these are the things that hold us back. So how do we even start to tackle these? And I think honestly, like I said, the first step is knowing a little bit more about you and what makes you tick and make what makes you you. And by kind of understanding your personality and your story, then you can start to become aware. And that is the first step into getting into this flow, the confidence flow. And that looks like moving from unawareness to awareness. And that awareness is, what do I want? Who am I? What feelings do I have? What limiting beliefs do I have? And what do I want? That's the awareness. And this is honestly one of the hardest parts is bringing all of that to the surface. It can take years. It took years for me, but it doesn't have to take years for you. And this is where the Captivatingly Confident small group comes in because this is what we tackle is getting into the flow. And we dive deep into each of these aspects of the flow, each of these currents as they come up. 
and it can it can save you years. Please don't let this take you years. <laughs> Even if you don't do the Captivatingly Confident small group, find somebody to help you. Or you can go to CaptivatinglyConfident.com and you can download or sign up to download my free guide, which is three steps to start feeling confident. So it looks at nutrition, movement, and self-care and how you can get started in raising your awareness of what you want and how you can get there. So the next step from awareness is acceptance. So once you're aware of all the things, then you can start to accept all the things. And this is another really critical step and a really hard step to take because a lot of the times the things that we become aware of are not things that we're excited about. (laughs) They're not things that it's like, yay, I feel insecure. I'm aware of it. You want me to accept that about myself? I do. I do want you to accept that about yourself because it's in that acceptance of who you are and where you're at and what you're working with that you can then move into appreciation. And I'm not talking about like self-love and body love and body positivity and self-positivity. Like I'm not talking about that kind of acceptance. I'm talking about the kind of acceptance that says, okay, yeah, this is what I'm working with. And that appreciation of what you accept, that appreciation looks like, yeah, all right, I appreciate my insecurity because it's kept me safe. And now I'm ready to change that. I'm ready to not be insecure anymore. And I want to make the pivot and the shift necessary so I don't feel insecure. And that appreciation phase is what lets you move into investing in yourself. You cannot invest in something that you do not appreciate. Am I right? That does not work. So what needs to happen for you to move from appreciation to investment? And being able to appreciate the things that maybe you aren't so excited about, about yourself and your life and your position and where you're at and what you're working with, but moving into investment in the things that you do want to see happen the changes that you do want to make. Because making changes from an appreciation place rather than an unawareness place is the difference between success and fail. And those fears that you have will keep you stuck in the unawareness and awareness phase forever. And you will not get to the investment phase, which is where growth happens. Because when you invest in yourself, you grow. And that's the that's kind of the, the last part of the flow process is investment and growth. You invest time in yourself. You invest time in your family. You invest time in your passions and careers. These are the things that you invest in you because you've gone from an awareness to an acceptance and appreciation, and you're operating on a whole new vibration, my friend, a whole new level, and you cannot help but change and leave these five fears behind. It is an incredible, scary, and exhilarating journey to get started on. And if you have questions about what your next best step could look like or how you can start to move past these fears and move into the flow, I want to talk to you about it. Let's talk. You can send me a DM through Instagram, Kim.Ludeman. It's my Instagram handle. You can send me a PM 
through Facebook. You can post in the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group, or you can send me an email, kim at captivatinglyconfident.com. I want to talk to you because this, my friends, is my passion. This is my jam, is helping women get in the flow so that they can get past those limiting beliefs and get past the fear so that you can show up bravely in your life so that you can take up some serious space in your own life. That is my joy and my passion, and I want to help you do that. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. I know we went a little bit long today, but I just, oh, friend, my wish for you is that you would be able to face these fears and overcome so that you can get in the flow. Mm -hmm.